Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. In the throes of yet another three-game losing streak, the Bears enter Week 16 under a cloud of darkness and uncertainty to face the Lions and their home fans for the last time in 2014. Can the Bears send the fans home with a smile, or will they be balled by the Lions? All of this and so much more on the Week 16 preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Down to the last eight quarters of football, and then this 2014 season will mercifully be over with, and we Bear fans can move on to what what could be in 2015. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back, finally, the Week 16 preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review. It's uh, It's been an interesting and... Uh, yeah, it's been an interesting stretch the last few weeks. Uh, the Thanksgiving game with the Lions was a disaster. Then we had the equally disastrous game with the Cowboys on Thursday night football and yet another disastrous national TV appearance this past Monday with the Saints. Uh, had some technical issues with the show getting uploaded and saved after the Cowboy game, and believe me, you guys didn't miss anything there, and then just flat out being sick like a dog all week long, um, you know, I just didn't, yeah, I, I just, uh, and also, you know, maybe you guys would have found it entertaining because my cold was severely uh, enhancing my attitude, uh, and watching the Bears play the way they did on Monday was just sad, but um, anyway, here I am, I'm back, and uh, about 85% as far as the cold goes. It's still got a cough going on. Sinus is like to clogged up from time to time, but I don't feel like my entire body aches or anything like that. I've actually gotten some sleep over the past couple of days, so good enough to come and give you guys a full-blown show, which is basically what you deserve in an, you know day in and day out uh, as far as the, the show is concerned. But, uh, you know, kind of like the Bears uh, for the last couple of weeks, I've been half-assing it, So, but I promise... That won't happen anymore, at least for the next few weeks, as we ride out the end of this train wreck of a season. So anyway, we got lots to talk about uh, today. Um, quite a few topics that I want to get to on the uh, in the news and notes section four in particular that I'm uh, that I found interesting going into this week. Uh, you know, obviously, number one on the list is going to be Clawson and Cutler and all that fun and, and whatnot. But there are a couple other things in there 
want to talk about as well. Before we get to the preview of the Bears and the Lions, although, you know, not really a whole lot to talk about there because <laughs> with Clawson being the quarterback, the Bears are, are not saying that they want to win. I mean, they, they had a press conference yesterday and they said, you know, we're starting Clawson because we want to put a spark into the offense. Uh, that is total crap. It's, he's not going to spark anything. Uh, you know, all due respect to Jimmy Clawson. If the Bears thought that was true, we would have seen Jimmy Clawson weeks ago when we still had an inkling of a chance to come back and do something or make a run at the playoffs or anything like that. This is not about putting a spark in the offense. This is about having to bench Jay Cutler because he's been playing like crap. So, and, uh, you know, Mark Tressman trying to, uh, you know, maybe even try to convince the Bears that he should stick around. Uh, you know, by showing over the next couple of weeks the the progress that he's made with Jimmy Clausen and what he can do, I can't I can't work with Jay Cutler. Look at what I did with Jimmy Clausen and how well he played and blah blah blah. So, uh, you know, obviously those are my opinions. But uh, anyway, let's go ahead and dive into the news and notes uh, and uh, the things that I found interesting coming into this week. <laughs> So even though it's not the most interesting news nugget that I have, uh, it's certainly the most uh, impactful as far as the football team is concerned. That, of course, being the news that uh, the Bears announced uh, on uh, Wednesday and then confirmed on Thursday at the press conference that uh, Jimmy Clausen will be the starting quarterback against the Detroit Lions uh, on Sunday, uh, benching Cutler even though... uh, you know, statistically, he's not having a bad year. I mean, if if he plays out the next two games, or God forbid, Jimmy Clausen gets hurt uh, at some point, Jay Cutler's only about 350 yards away from a 4,000-yard season. So, I mean, statistically, Cutler's not having a bad year. It's just that, you know, one of the statistics that uh, people keep coming back to, and you, you can't help but come back to it just because of the way it's impacted so many of the football games, is that he's leading the league in turnovers. He's um, either leading or tied with um, Blake Bortles, the rookie quarterback from Jacksonville for the most interceptions in the league this year. And uh, he leads the league in turnovers because he uh, also has about a dozen or so fumbles that he's lost this year to go along with those many interceptions. So, uh, so yeah, there's... Uh, there's that. But uh, anyway, uh, you know, he's he's up there in touchdown passes. He's got thirty six hundred plus yards uh, passing and, and so on. So his his numbers aren't ugly. It's just that his play has been ugly. And as silly as that sounds, you know, he's putting up decent numbers, but he's putting out a horrible product on the field. And uh, not to mention the fact that his his demeanor, which has never been his friend, even in 2010 when we won 11 games, went to the division, won the division, went to the NFC title game. Everybody still hated the way the guy carries himself. Uh, you know, this was just, um, you know, maybe Chicago was just the wrong place for him. Uh, I guess it back in 2010, it it wasn't as important because Erlacher was still the face of the franchise 
in 2010. We had Julius Peppers. We we had an all-star defense in 2010. We had an all-star defense in 2012. We sent five guys to the Pro Bowl all on the defensive side uh, of the field in 2012. And, uh, well, I mean, Brandon Marshall went as well. But, uh, you know, it's just with Erlacher gone, Lance Briggs not really being – Lance Briggs without Brian Erlacher, or at least he proved that he couldn't be Lance Briggs without Brian Erlacher. Cutler became the face of the franchise, whether he wanted to be uh, or not. We, we, we totally flipped the script on the football team and went from a team that spent the majority of its salary cap on defensive talent to being a team that spent the majority of its salary cap on the offensive side of the of the football and 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 so on and Emery tried to even that out but his one-year turnarounds that he had with the offensive line and changing up the offense in his first couple of years went awry this year you know he made the wrong move with Lamar Houston uh Jared Allen while you know Allen's still all about the effort hasn't been about the production this year so that would appear to be a misstep um you know we just haven't been able to put together the talent on defense that he was able to manufacture on the offensive side and this whole thing with Jimmy Clausen and everything is the Bears waving the white flag on the 2014 season you know because they can't say this is about beating the Detroit Lions we don't have a chance in hell and if you know I mean just look at the logistics or just look at the logic of it and the logic is we're going to bring Jimmy Clausen off the bench a guy who's made maybe a handful of snaps throughout the season this will be the fourth game that he appears in uh this year we're gonna throw him to the wolves against the number two defense in football and i was listening uh to espn radio earlier this week and herm edwards was chiming in on it saying that you know well what what they're saying with this move is that we're going to focus on matt forte we're going to go back in there because we're not going to bring jimmy clausen and throw the ball 50 times in a football game we're going to come in there so we can run the ball 30 times with matt forte Okay, well, that would make more sense if we were playing the Vikings. Uh, if we were playing anybody else but the number one run defense in football. So, I mean, the, the timing couldn't have been any worse. If we'd have done this last week on Monday night against the Saints, then, yeah, I could, I could see that, that theory making sense. We're going to go out there. We're going to hand the ball off to Matt Forte. We're going to let Jimmy Clausen be a game manager because even without Jay Cutler, even without Brandon Marshall, we still have Alshon Jeffrey. We still have Matt Forte. We still have uh, Martellus Bennett. And Marquise Wilson is kind of coming up there. Josh Morgan has been good in spots when we've actually used him and so on. So, I mean, we've gotten weapons on the offensive side of the ball plus the offensive line uh, despite their seven-sack performance against the Saints has actually when they're well they, those guys have been unhealthy all season long so you know I mean you, you compare the two in 2013 and then 2014 where you got every guy starting all 16 games were the you know a top five offensive line to this year to where we weren't healthy for one game this entire season um, you know and we give up seven sacks in one football game so it's been an ugly ugly year all around not just for Jay but for pretty much anybody. Brandon Marshall had career lows and catches and yards this year. I mean, it's just been a disaster uh, for this whole football team. But, you know, I, I'm just not buying the Bears saying that they, they brought in Jimmy Clausen to, to bring a spark to the offense. 
you know, and maybe they mean that because Jimmy Claus is going to go out there and try to be a leader, try to pump up his guys on the field, whereas Jay looks like he couldn't care less half the time. So it's just uh, we'll, we'll see what happens on Sunday. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe Jimmy Clausen will be the second coming of Josh McCown. And, and uh, you know, I actually think that would work against Mark Tressman and Phil Emery and make them look dumber. Because if he comes off the field and he dominates in a game against the Detroit Lions, a team that is virtually playoff bound, and, you know, and plays well enough to beat them uh, and so on, they'll look like fools for not doing it sooner. Because Jay Cutler hasn't been playing well for a long time. Uh, it's just that Jay has been able to get by on the fact that, you know, the defense was giving up 50 points a game, 40 points a game, 35 points a game uh, and everything else. So it, 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 he's been kind of getting by on the whole. It's not just Jay. Jay's not the problem. You know, Jay Cutler's not playing well, but Jay Cutler's not the problem. The problem is we have the worst defense in football. We're giving up the most points in the league this year. That's the problem. You know, th- those that kind of thing you just just can't ignore how poorly jay has played over the last uh, few weeks so so we'll see what happens when jimmy clausen takes over uh on sunday to see what kind of game plan the bears come in with uh on sunday against the lions you know i'd like i i would i would believe herm edwards or find merit in that theory if we weren't playing one of the better defensive teams in football on Sunday you know Jimmy Clausen is coming in against the number two overall defense in the league number one against the run and we're going to focus on Matt Forte in that football game we're going to be running into a brick wall sometimes figuratively and literally uh you know in the in these scenarios so it's you know we this was the same team that three weeks ago we ran the ball eight times against on national television, no less. So thankfully this will just be a regional off audience that has to watch this nightmare. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll reconvene on Tuesday to see how that all went. So, uh, so that's the, the skinny on, on my idea about uh, Clawson starting over Cutler on Sunday. Now, f- as far as the, the continuing with the whole future theme, here um rumors uh coming out of uh soldier field on tuesday were that monday night after the game the powers that be and they're never really specific on who those powers were but the powers that be probably guys like mccaskey and ted phillips uh and so on uh met after the football game and pretty much decided that phil uh there's not phil emery but well possibly but that mark tressman was done after this season that the Bears have regressed tremendously uh, since, uh, well, in this year. Because last year it was, oh, man, the defense was horrible. But the offense was fantastic. The Bears were an exciting team to watch. We were in every game pretty much until the end, just about all of them last year. But the defense was historically bad. So you get another year, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll focus on fixing the defense in, in the free agency and in the draft, and then – you know, in 2014, we'll make a run at this thing. Well, that plan never got off the ground uh, this year. And not only were we not competitive, we looked like we didn't care about being competitive. And, uh, you know, and this is also after a, a full season of listening to Mark Tressman say things like, we had a tremendous week of practice. I don't understand what happened. We had a tremendous week of practice. It just didn't translate onto the field. Uh you know, it's just, 
how many times can we listen to that before you just look incompetent and stupid? And, you know, I frankly, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of the Bears starting over after two years. I just don't see where you go from here. And, of course, the nail in the coffin there being the whole Aaron Cromer thing last week. I mean, the guy should have been fired on the spot when he came out and said, yeah, it was me that was talking to the reporter. Fired. Done. Out of the building uh, and everything. That would be Tressman taking responsibility for it. The problem has been taken care of. We're going forward from here. He is a cancer in our locker room. He is gone. So no, no worries about trust issues or anything. Trying to smile in the face of somebody you'd rather stab in the back. He's gone. He's out of here. But instead... All is forgiven because he made a tearful apology to the team. Half the team didn't even know what the hell he was talking about. Matt Forte, one of our leaders on the offensive side, one of our stars, didn't know what he, what, what Aaron Cromer was apologizing about. He had to ask around to some of his teammates there in the locker room, what the hell is going on here? Didn't really know what was being said and uh, or anything like that. So I think he should have been fired immediately. He should be gone, and you know that should have been the end of it. You know, that would be like Mark Tressman taking control of his team. I'm the one in charge here, and, uh, you know, he did something he can no longer be trusted. Maybe the players would be able to, to forgive him, but they would never forget, and we're all about trust in this building. He broke that trust, so he's gone kind of thing. Put it all on him. But it didn't go out that way. Mark Tressman would rather fall on his sword, and he's pretty much going to fall on his sword you know, and find his way out of Chicago. No real um, word either way yet on whether Phil Emery will be following him out the door for the domino effect. Because um, it's been interesting to, to to read about things to see how high this thing could possibly go, how high the uh, the penalty is going to be, or how high the penalty is going to reach. You know, is it going to stop with Tressman? And we just replace the coaching staff, move some players around, maybe, you know, see what we can do in in 2015. Or will we, you know, there's been saying that, okay, well, it was Emery who hired the guy. So Emery's got to go, too. And then there's also the argument that say, well, Ted Phillips hired Emery, who hired Tressman, who hired these horrible offensive and defensive coordinators, especially the defensive coordinator, because Cromer's not calling the plays, so can't really blame the offensive play calling on Cromer. But, uh, you know, Phillips hired Emery, who hired Tressman, who hired those two yahoos. Maybe we just start all the way at the top, and basically anybody who isn't in ownership is fired, and we're starting over again. So we bring in a new team president. The team president brings in a new GM who brings in a new coach, and we go forward from there. You know, it's going to get interesting in a couple of weeks after, you know, when the clock strikes double zero uh, after the Minnesota Viking game next Sunday, the fallout will truly begin. We'll either start hearing that day, I believe. We might even hear one of those things like Mark Tressman found out on the team plane back to Chicago that he was no longer the head coach of the Chicago Bears. Or, you know, we'll see one of those, you know, we'll hear about that on on. Uh, you know, one of those Adam Schefter reports or Jake Glazer reports on Twitter, Bears fire head coach Mark Tressman, uh, you know, or and so on and so forth. So it, it's really going to be interesting that first week after uh, the actually I would say like even the first 48 hours after the game against Minnesota, 
what the fallout is. How high is the penalty going to reach, the punishment or whatever uh, you want to call it? Is it just going to be Tressman and we start working our way from the head coach down again? Is the general manager going to take the fall as well? Um, personally, I think Emery should get another get another chance because Emery's had success. He you know, he had some success with the players that he brought in. He made some really great moves in Lovey's last year, some tremendous moves uh, last year with the offensive line uh, and the help that he brought in uh, in 2013. But the other thing is he did nothing with the defense in 2013, and the moves he tried to make for the defense in 2014 pretty much failed tremendously. Outside of signing Willie Young, he didn't make one good move on the defensive side uh, of the ball. God love uh, Kyle Fuller. We should have drafted a safety because God knows that position has been a huge hole for us for several years, not just this year, but in a, in a, in a year where we could have drafted any one of the top safeties uh, off the board. We didn't do it, and that position continues to suffer. So, you know, it can be six in one hand, half a dozen in the other, depending on how you want to look at it, uh, whereas uh, Jerry Angelo couldn't find an offensive player to save his life it appears that Phil Emery's uh, weakness would be defense. So aside from uh, from hitting on on Kyle Fuller, who was even though he's you know had been banged up with some injuries, has been uh, you know a pretty solid player, especially for a rookie who was thrown into action week two. You know was supposed to be being groomed by Charles Tillman uh, this year, but instead had to go into into full blown action himself. Uh, you know halfway through the second quarter of the you know second game of his rookie season. And Willie Young, um, you know, aside from that, pretty much every defensive move the guy's made has been, uh, been a flop. So, I mean, uh, you know, Jay Ratliff has been, was, was a calculated risk that worked out for us. Uh, keeping Stephen Pia was a good idea. Uh, Ego Ferguson, Will Sutton, I think it's too early to write those guys off. You know, they've been, they play decent when they've had the opportunity. I don't think they've had a chance to play enough there. But, um, you know, signing 15 safeties and none of them working out uh, in the offseason, keeping Chris Conti, uh, and we'll talk about him in a second. I got stuff about Chris Conti as well. Um, you know, none of that stuff has worked out. So it depends on which half of the Phil Tressman or Phil Emery uh, side you want to look at things. Uh, hiring Tressman when he could have had Bruce Arians, who is coaching nobody. I mean, nobody. The guy's got like 20 guys on injured reserve right now, but he's got the best record in the NFC, and if he wins on Sunday, he's going to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs in a year where the Super Bowl is being played in his home stadium. The guy's down to his fourth quarterback now. He's got a second or third running back running the football, and he's got holes everywhere on defense as far as injury is concerned, and he's got an 11-3 and record in the division that's got the 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks in it. That's the kind of coach that we passed on to bring in this guy that was supposedly, you know, a lifelong friend after they sat down for their first conversation between Phil Emery and Mark Trestman. Because that's I remember that distinctly when when they had the press conference, how Emery was saying, you know, the bond and, and everything that was formed between the two during the interview process. Well, that bond may link the two of you together as you go out the door uh, next Sunday or next Monday, I should say. So we'll see. We will see. At the very least, at the very least, Tressman and the whole lot of them have to be gone. That Aaron Cromer thing, in my opinion, was the nail in the coffin for that the, basically the whole coaching staff has to go. If for no other reason 
than locker room morale. Just to show the players that they're more important than than this coach, then we'll bring in somebody you guys can trust. We will bring in somebody who will be a better leader uh, and, and manage his staff better than this guy did. And there are lots of candidates out there. I won't get into that conversation right now because that's a different conversation for a different time. But some candidates out there that will be very intriguing and guys that definitely run a very tight ship. So uh, anyway, that's all I have on the on that uh, discussion. And then uh, one last thing, and then we'll move on to the uh, to the preview. Speaking of Chris Conti, made some interesting comments the other day. Um, I'm not really sure what brought it on or or anything. I'm, I mean, I, I can pretty much guess what it was but his comments not exactly the most intelligent comments especially for a guy that went to berkeley's berkeley's supposed to be one of our better institutions of higher learning there uh in the, in college um here let me see if i wrote down did i write down a quote yes okay i'd rather have the experience of playing and who knows die 15 10 15 years earlier than not be able to play in the nfl and live a long life spoken like someone who's had a few concussions this year you know did he have a concussion when he was answering that question because that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard in my life now and here's what makes it even dumber to me and maybe i'm just being a a jackass here but um it's not like chris conti is Ronnie Lott, you know, somebody who's an all-pro, greatest-of-all-time type talent, okay? This is a guy who's lucky he's still in the league right now. After the year he had last year, to back it up, this year he's not playing that horribly, but he can't stay on the field to save his life right now. The guy's got a shoulder injury, he's got rib injuries, he's got concussions, he's got this, he's got that, he's you know he he tackled kelvin benjamin he's out cold on the field he you know he wraps up on so-and-so boom he's you know somebody needs to put his ribs back together on the sidelines uh kind of thing um you know but he would rather do that and die at 50 than you know be healthy and live to be 75 80 years old uh or anything like that so um I, I get what he's trying to say, whereas, you know, he's he's trying to project the fact that this is his, you know, he f- he feels this was his dream, as it was for many people, including myself, uh, to one day play in the National Football League. He's living that dream right now. He's playing for one of the historic franchises in NFL history, uh, one of the charter members, uh, quite frankly, with such a rich history, a passionate fan base, and one of the, you know, more historic stadiums in in football even though that spaceship is still ridiculous um you know i i get what he's trying to say it's just there really couldn't be a worse time for him to be saying something like that when when the the nfl is in the midst of all that you know the concussion protocol and and all the money that they're putting into research to make the game safer you got this guy who can't help but hurt himself every single time he steps on the field brushing it off like he is a a moron who you know in the 80s who doesn't really realize the ramifications of what he's putting his body through 
right now. He's basically saying he doesn't care. And while that might be admirable, um, it's, it is stupid because we do know now, you know, because we do know that, uh, you know, I mean, look at that um, Gleason. The, it was a safety from, from New Orleans. That guy's only a couple of years older than me. I'm 36. Gleason's like 38, 39 years old. You know, it's like, dude, Chris Conti, you're 25, 26. It's like that could be you in 10 years. You could be the guy that has to blink at a computer screen to talk to people, and that's okay with you? Just because you could say you played in the NFL. Do you think Steven Gleason feels that way? You think that what he put his body through in the NFL, the concussions and everything that caused him to get ALS uh, and everything, are worth the fact that he can never hold his son again? That every move that he makes has to be made for him. That he has to have machines do his moving for him. That he has to have a machine talk for him. When his son hears his voice, he hears a robot talking. He doesn't hear his dad's voice. He hears a robot talking, a computer talking to him while he sits there and blinks at a screen trying to communicate with people. That's okay with you? Then you're stupid, and I don't want you on my football team. You know, I didn't want you on my football team in 2014 to begin with. I want you as far away from my football team as you can get after this year. You're a free agent, and I hope we never see you again. Uh, you're not that good a football player. I'll give you credit. Um, you know, you got heart and, you know, you played this year. And when you got hurt, you got hurt playing the game. It wasn't like you were randomly running around, you pulled a hamstring, you know, while you were in coverage or something. You got hurt tackling people, you know, hitting people and, and so on. So I'll give you credit for your, for your heart. But you're an idiot, and I can't wait for you to be gone. So um, that's my thought on what, uh, on what Chris Conti uh, had to say. I just don't. I don't get this guy. Uh, he's not that good a football player to begin with, and then he has something intelligent like this to say uh, on top of it. So uh, good riddance to him, and uh, I can't wait for that. <laughs> can't wait for this year to be over. It, it makes me sick to my stomach that I've said that a few times now. I can't wait for the year to be over just so we can move on and, and find out what happens next because, it, it, uh, you know, this is what rock bottom feels like in my opinion. And... Uh, I can't wait for it to get turned around. All right, so that's going to do it for the uh, little news and notes section that I put together here. Uh, what do you say we go ahead and wrap this thing up with uh, this week's preview? Bears and Lions, week number 16. So here we are, second to last game of the season, and uh, we're expecting this game to be so much more than it's going to be on Sunday when the schedule came out. You know, uh, would Jim Caldwell be the answer in Detroit? Would they, you know, help the Lions complete the steps that Jim Schwartz uh, would not let them? Would this be a game that could have possible division implications uh, at the end of the season? for both teams could they be playing for first place or a wild card spot much like they did last year uh in the green bay game week 17 could this be that game on the schedule for the bears this year where 
yeah, you've played great, you've got a good record, but it all comes down to this game on Sunday, you know, December the 21st or whatever uh, against the Detroit Lions. It could all, you know, the division title could be decided right here, right now, but instead it, that's not going to be the case at all. What the Lions are trying to do in this football game is get through this football game. Now, obviously their, their objective is to win the game so they can keep pace with Green Bay. But more than anything, they want to get through this game so they're still healthy for Green Bay next Sunday for the game that's most likely going to be for the division championship. So obviously the Lions want to avoid this being a trap game because obviously they've got bigger fish to fry next Sunday with Green Bay or than they will ever have to do with the Bears uh, this year. We do still have some talented players on our team. We still do have... Uh, you know, the capability of uh, possibly beating uh, this team with the talent that we have, with Alshon Jeffrey, Martellus Bennett, Matt Forte, uh, and so on. Obviously, Jimmy Clausen being the quarterback, I don't think gives us our best chance to win uh, on Sunday, which is probably why they didn't pull the trigger on Clausen sooner, just because anyone who thinks that Jimmy Clausen gives us our best chance to win is fooling themselves even if it even if you know just for the sake of change let's put Jimmy Clausen in there I I just didn't think that was the right move doing it now just looks like all right we're waving the white flag we might be able to get something for Cutler we want to keep him healthy while he's still healthy and so on that's that's what this move looks like to me and you know we'll see what Jimmy Clausen can do on Sunday now as a true blue Bears fan, blue and orange until I die, I will be rooting for the Bears uh, on Sunday. I'll be rooting for Jimmy Clausen on Sunday because I've got nothing against Jimmy Clausen. I want him to I want to see him play well, if for no other reason than to give him his best chance to find a new home in 2015, you know, to, to, to be able to show people he still can play uh, the game well enough to to be that guy off the bench in case your quarterback gets hurt. I can be trusted with your team I would like to see Jimmy Clausen do well I don't think it's going to make one bit of difference in this football game uh, as far as helping the Bears win uh, because of the team that we're playing against because we're playing the Detroit Lions who have the number one rush defense in football Uh, they're 15th against the pass so there's something like second or third overall uh, in the league uh, this year Um, you know like I said the move would have made more sense to me uh, last week uh, against the Saints, who are 29th against the run and 26th against the pass, even though it sure as hell didn't look like that against the Bears uh, on Monday night. You'd think we were playing, uh, you know, one of those great early 90 New Orleans Saints defense with Pat Swilling and, uh, you know, and Ricky, uh, Ricky Johnson and, and all those, those guys, uh, you know, when they were dominating the league year in and year out, uh, back then with one of the best linebacking cores in the history of football uh that they had with the saints back there but um you know it uh <laughs> you know 29th against the run 26th against the pass but we're gonna bring jimmy clausen off the bench against the best run defense in football uh with one of the best defensive tackles you know if he keeps his head on right one of the best defensive tackles to ever play the game in endomic and sue certainly one of the biggest and strongest football players i've ever seen the guy's an animal and uh you know he's got nick fairly next to him ziggy Ansah back there 
you know, the secondary was a gamble because they didn't they didn't draft somebody like they had a chance to, but it worked out for them. The, the guys that they do have played very, very well, and, you know, they've got a top-level football team as far as defense is concerned. And then they still have Matt Stafford and Calvin Johnson, and, you know, uh, you know they got uh, not the best running game still in the uh, – Still in the 20s uh, as far as running. I think 29th or something like that uh, running the football. 30th, excuse me, 83.8 yards a game, but ninth in passing um, the football. So, you know, it's uh, – I, I, you know, I, I said I would have buy the Jimmy Clausen move against the Saints, not against the Lions. This just is just stupid, in my opinion, uh, to do it now. To do it now. If we'd have done it a week ago, two weeks ago, you know, then okay, yeah. Then we're then then I think we're just trying to bring in a spark. It's trying to make a difference. I just don't see it happening against the Lions. I just think they're too good on defense for Jimmy Clausen to be the difference maker for us. Um, so that being said, you know, with Jimmy Clausen coming in, uh, it this is not like what it was when Josh McCown came in. It was. Uh, you know he played the played in the offense as well, if not better, than Jay did. So the playbook didn't really change. Now maybe we didn't take as many shots downfield as we did uh, with Jay Cutler uh, at quarterback, but Josh McCown can throw a 25-yard crossing route with the best of him, and uh, you know we did plenty of that to move the chains. And we had Matt Forte to run the football, and the offensive line protected him, uh, and, and and so on. That's not we're not getting the same thing out of Jimmy Clausen. We're we're definitely changing our focus. Uh you know, it's going to be short uh short intermediate passes. I don't see us coming out seeing Jimmy Clausen try to heave the ball 50 yards down the field. I don't see that happening at all. This is going to be a game manager uh 3 yards in a cloud of dust. Uh you know, when uh, after we only get 2 yards on two carries on first and second down, then we're going to throw the ball on third and eight and punt on fourth down. That's what I'm kind of anticipating uh, from our offense here. So hopefully the Bears offensive line will be able to put it together and, and help Matt Forte become a bigger uh, impact on the football game than uh, than I think he will be uh, at this point just because they're, they're just too good uh, against the run. Maybe they uh, – maybe he will have a better game against the Lions. Like I said uh, – Going into the Thanksgiving game, Matt Forte tends to shine uh, against Detroit. He always has some of his better running totals uh, against the Lions, but obviously that didn't happen on Thanksgiving Day. He wasn't even the leading rusher on the team on Thanksgiving Day. Kateem Carey and his eight yards on three carries was our leading rusher uh, against the uh, against the Lions on Thanksgiving Day. So, you know, this little preview that I'm doing here, it's going to be over here in a, just a minute, but... Uh, it's not so much about X's and O's <laughs> because what does it really matter at this point? It's it's just what you can expect on the offensive side of the ball is for the for the offense to be pared down, if you can believe that. I mean, we haven't really had a good enough offense to be paring down anything, but we're not going to be looking at 40, 50 yards downfield like we have been with, with Marshall and Jeffrey and trying to get deep balls and or at least trying to get a pass interference penalty that help us move the chains and everything. Clawson is very much going to stay inside the 20 yard. There's going to be a 20 yard force field on the field. And that's where you're going to be seeing Clawson throwing the football is inside that, that 20 yard uh, area, you know, throwing into the flat 
uh, you know, to the tight ends, to the running backs out of the backfield, you know, crossing routes, out routes from the receivers. I don't see us attacking the middle of the field, trying to go deep on their safeties or anything like that. It's going to be three-step drops, maybe five-step drops at top at the most, getting the ball out of Jimmy Clausen's hands and, you know, trying to get it into the hands of our playmakers. So whether it's Forte or Marshall, well, not Marshall, but Forte or Jeffrey or Bennett, um, you know, maybe even try to mix in Marquise Wilson, who you never know. He might have more chemistry with Marquise Wilson being the backup quarterback and Marquise Wilson probably being the number one receiver on the second team that these guys, you know, have a bit more chemistry with each other. So maybe maybe look for something like that to happen that, uh, you know, that Clawson is is you're finding more with Josh Morgan and Marquise Wilson than he is with Alshon Jeffrey and Martellus Bennett. So maybe that's something to look forward to uh, on the offensive side. On the defensive side, we just need to do what we did in that first quarter in the Thanksgiving game is to get after Stafford. Um, as poised as the guy can be at times, he does tend to throw make mistakes when he's under pressure. He's got a gunslinger mentality too. He will try to fit it into the space that it, it couldn't fit into, but somehow finds a way to get it in there kind of guy. You know, get after him, stick on the running game, but it's going to be more important to get after Stafford because – they have a top 10 pass defense and one of the worst running offenses in in football number 30 uh, overall so um, you know it, it, on defense that's what it's going to be about getting after Stafford because that's how you stop Calvin Johnson is by getting to Matt Stafford first you don't give him a chance to put the ball up in the air and let Megatron do what he does you don't give him a chance to put the ball out there uh, for Golden Tate uh, to, you know, to cut us up or Reggie Bush catching the ball out of the backfield, that kind of thing. So that's, uh, that's how you slow that down. You have to get to the running back, quarterback first. So that's, uh, that's pretty much it. So in, uh, in my opinion, uh, I, I hope the Bears can win this game. I hope that they can be competitive and, and, and keep it interesting. Give the uh, those poor season ticket holders who've had to endure five embarrassing losses, well, five if we lose, four so far this year, and our two victories against the Vikings and the <laughs> Buccaneers. Come on, man, really? So, uh, you know, we're two and five at home. If we lose again, it'll be two and six on the home schedule just pathetic so hopefully we can get that fixed we can get a victory and go into minnesota looking to uh make it seven and nine or, or right now we're looking at like five and eleven so it's just uh yeah i don't know we'll see but uh we'll be back on uh on monday with the review of this football game with the bears and the lions and see what do we have to look forward to in that final game of the season against the Vikings? And, uh, you know, what do we have to look forward to after that is probably the more interesting question. So until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Chicago Bears Review.
Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.